Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Today I actually want to go off in a slight tangent and teach on how to judge a prophet. You understand? Judging or test. Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, he said the Bible enjoins us to test all spirit. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Let's all say, believe not every spirit. Believe not every spirit. Say it again. Believe not every spirit. Let's go. Believe not every spirit. Everybody loud. When you read your Bible, these are some of the things that you might not realize, but they are there. But you are not walking around trying to believe spirits. But it says you have to, you don't believe every spirit. So sometimes you might think you are believing a person or believing something has been told, but it's a spirit you are believing. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says that the spirit clearly says that in, in the, the spirit speaks expressly. Say expressly. expressly. So not ambiguously. It's quite express when it comes to that subject. That in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing. Ah, you are listening to seducing. They are seducing you. What does it mean to seduce? To entice. To lure away. To lure you, to sway you. It's deceiving you. So it's making you feel like, like you are telling a child, oh, come on, come on, come on, finish your food, and I'll give you uh, ice cream. Meanwhile, you didn't plan for ice cream. And then they finish their food, they say, where's the ice cream? Oh, sorry, I've not bought it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, 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 you, you deceived them. But seduction is to make you do what is wrong. Something will force you, not forcing you, but you do it willingly. You'll be, end up doing it willingly, but against your will. Do it willingly, but against your will, or against what you would normally do. Through what they put. So, spirits said, people would, the Spirit, Holy Spirit says that the latter times, some, some shall depart from their faith. They'll say, oh, me in this church, you know, don't do it. And then it says that they depart from their faith, giving heed. That's why they depart. Because you are believing a lie. That you don't need church, you giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So they are listening to doctrines of devils, listening to doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. Okay. And he says that in the latter times, the spirit says that people will depart from the faith. Yeah. And then first uh, John chapter 4 said, believe not. Every spirit, because spirits, there are spirits that are, who want, their target is to deceive or seduce you. They are desu- uh, seducing spirits. And he said, believe not every spirit. But you are not a spiritologist to know that, okay, this is this spirit, that's this spirit. How would you know if this, because an evil spirit will not present itself as an evil spirit. It actually presents, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. 
For such a false apostle, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So they say, I'm an apostle, and they speak so well. And what they, they are saying makes so much sense. You see, the fact that something makes sense doesn't mean it's from God. It makes so much sense. Said so they transform themselves as apostles of God, Christ. They are not. But they make themselves believable. He said, no wonder Satan himself presents himself as an angel of light. We don't, don't marvel. No marvel. For Satan himself transformed into an, uh, transformed into an, uh, an angel of light. So it looks like an angel of light, but it's Satan. So then if you don't have the apparatus to be able to test the spirit, test the spirit, you, you wouldn't know that you are, you are being victimized or you are walking into danger or you are being seduced. You are being deceived. In Ephesians chapter 4, let's tell you, come till we all come to the, you know, um, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, the measure of the city of God. Now the verse, verse 14 says that, verse 14 says that you, you should no longer be children. Then it tells you the characteristics of children in this sense. Tossed to and fro, and not just tossed, but carried about with every wind of teaching, every wind of teaching that comes your way is getting you. Oh, David married more than two women. So, you see, it's in the Bible. You can marry more. Then you also you, you begin to follow people with this kind of doctrine. Different people are there. There are a lot of people there, especially now that internet is free. YouTube is free to have an account on YouTube. And so... It doesn't require any checks, anybody at all. And if you are not careful, some of those people are being influenced by devils. So by the time you realize you've heard something that has now gotten stuck in your throat. What do I mean? You've heard something that is not healthy, but you can't get off your mind. Because somebody told you on internet, says that they... um, People, uh, is it, uh, believe not every spirit, First John chapter 4, verse 1. Believe not every, and do you see the first word, the first word there? Say it together, let's go. Beloved. One more time. Beloved. One more time. Beloved. Louder. Beloved. Even loudest. Beloved. Do you know what that means? It's my darling, my sweetheart. It's a term of endearment. It's calling them my beloved. That means I really want to speak to you from my heart. You are too precious for me not to mention this. Beloved. Beloved. Say, beloved. Believe not every spirit. And what should we do? New King James. Give me the New King James. But test the same thing. Try. But test. Test the spirits. Ah! Whether... They are of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So then your job is to test the spirit. Do not believe every spirit. But pastor, I never believe any spirit. There are the places you have been listening to. There are, people, there are spirits in all kinds of places. How come since you started listening to that person, your fire for God has gone down? You started listening to a podcast now you have become so lustful. You started listening to podcasts, you've gone back to your girlfriend, to your boyfriend. 
You've gone back. You used to, you got off the hook for, from alcoholism, from gambling. You got off the hook. Now you started listening to some people. The thing has come back. Spirits have influenced you. Believe not. So test every spirit. So, Pastor, how do I test? Judge. First Corinthians um, chapter 14. I think, I'm not sure about that. Let's check it first. Verse 27, 28, 29. It's a very interesting text. It talks about when there's a prophet. If, it, okay, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let, to, let there be two or at least, uh, at most three, each in ten, and let one interpret. The next verse. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. The next verse. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others do what? Judge. Prophets are speaking and you are judging. Somebody is speaking, prophesying, he said you should judge. So the Bible tells us to judge. No, not, not like condemn, but judge. Test it. You must have the apparatus to be able to check what this man, this guy is saying, what you have been hearing online, what you have been hearing in school, what you have been hearing uh, behind that puppet. Check it. Is, is this thing right from the Spirit of God? So I think I want to show you how to judge prophecy or prophets. Don't you think it's a good idea? Four tests you need to carry out. Before then, let me tell you four types of prophecies. Four types of prophecies. Number one is the infallible prophecy. Infallible. Now, infallible means that it's, it's impeccable, has not got fault. Okay. Never wrong, failing, making, doesn't make mistakes. Now, there's one group, category of prophecy which is infallible, and that is the word of God, the scriptures. That's the only sure word of prophecy. According to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, that's the only sure word of prophecy. So every prophetic word in the Bible is infallible. Number two is the false prophecy. What are false prophecies? In order to help us Tell what false prophecies are. Don't you think it would be helpful to know what prophecies are meant to be and what prophecies are? Uh, let me give you a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I think verse 3. Let's look at verse 3 and 4. Let's already have from the screen. Please, let's go. Oh, that's interesting. Let's read it out loud again. Let's go. So when someone is prophesying, what is he speaking? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. So if you are prophesying, okay, prophesying there means speaking forth what God is saying to his people is edification. Edification is to build. It builds you up. It helps you, strengthens you. Edification, exhortation is like to encourage. 
Sometimes you feel like I'm tired and it makes you want, oh, I can do it more. It is well with me. I'm not afraid. I can face this exhortation and comfort. The things that have happened, it's okay. God will still help you. It comforts you. No, no. It says that prophecies are meant to have these elements. Okay. Now, a false prophecy is the prophecy. Okay. A good prophecy, this is the results, but it's a good prophecy. The origin of good prophecy is God. The motivation, the motive, sorry, the motive of good prophecy is not man's manipulative schemes. So I'm prophesying to you. I, I know I have a brother, but my brother wants a good lady. And I know you are very disciplined. You have money. You, so, and I want my brother to, I, I, let's get, I, the Lord is telling me that you are, you're going to marry somebody and the name starts with, maybe my brother is called um, Michael. The name starts with M and finish with L. I see, I see, I see, I see. I see, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the motive. The motive is wrong. It's, it's not prophecy. Okay, so the motive is not from God. And the purpose is not edification, comfort, or uh, exhortation. It's manipulation. So now false prophecy is a prophecy that the Spirit of God is not behind. But now that's what we are doing. How do you know if the Spirit of God is not behind it? Because... When the prophecy comes, it's actually the motive, the origin, and the content is totally foreign to the spirit of Jesus. It's, it's, not, it's a false prophecy. And you, have, you should be able to say, no, you, I don't receive this. This is a false prophecy. Why? Because it doesn't work with God's word. So now, we have the infallible prophecy, we have false prophecy, and we have the impure prophecy. Impure. What are impure prophecies? An impure prophecy is the prophecy. Part of the motive and the origin and the content are products of human, the human servant. So I am saying it. God was saying something, but I've also added my own. So it's impure. There are pure elements inside, but I've added my own. You have added your own for your own agenda. You see, it's not, which is different from um, prophesying and for instance I say I prophesy and say um, you are going to be a millionaire alright <laughs> a millionaire so you can start that business but maybe the millionaire was not going to come through business so it's but you know because I think you are in a business I plan to I, I with my natural thinking thought that but not to manipulate but just to make it sensible so then have because there are times you can see sometimes there you can see something in the spirit or maybe I'm prophesying that I see a storm coming meanwhile it has come but I saw it I really saw it but that because in the realm of the spirit it's timeless it's like you you might miss the timeline so it's it's it can be so that prophecy is not bad even if I miss the timing but impure, impure prophecy is when there's a human agenda inside it. So, oh, the Lord has showed me that you are going to be a millionaire. And he wants you to marry him. Ah, the him marrying is not part of it. But I want to connect her because I know that she travels a lot 
to America and she will end up going to stay there. But I want her here so that the money will be in the church. So I've added, I've added my own bit. You understand that? So that makes it impure prophecy. Whilst we have pure prophecy is what is genuinely from God and a person is speaking. Even though it can also have human elements and communication flaws. Because it might be, I said next week by this time, God is going to bless you. But maybe it's next month. But I said next week. So it doesn't make it false prophecy. It doesn't make it impure prophecy. They just make it pure prophecy, but with human elements inside it. So those people who come and tell you, God said I should marry you. Don't be moved by the who. Even someone is praying for you and say, hey, sister. And some of us, we like that. Oh, that man is Four tests to test prophecy, to judge prophecy. Now, first, the first test is called the, okay, the types of prophecies you are looking for. The infallible prophecy, the false prophecy, the impure prophecy, and pure prophecy. Pure, that's the fourth one, pure. That's when it's genuine, even though there might be human communication, lapses in communications, but it's still genuine from a pure message. So sometimes you might see, Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 13, that verse, I think, 10 and 10 or so, it says, we speak, we prophesy in part. All right. We are, so that, is that verse 9, rather. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. So nobody's human prophecy is perfect. The only perfect prophecy is the word of God. It's very important. All right, so now, the first test is the functional test. Functional test. If you want to test prophecy, the first test is functional test. What's the first test? What do we mean by functional test? Um, if I want to go to my book and show you. What's the purpose of prophecy? So sometimes you have to ask, this test the person is giving, this prophecy, does it reveal the nature of God? Does it... So does it reveal the nature of God? Does it build up the listeners, like encouraging, uh, exhortation? Does it build the listeners? And then number three, does it, uh, is it proved to be accurate? Like I come and prophesy to you that, hey, you, you get up. I said, get up. Your name is Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, 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 but, but, but it's not accurate. That's not accurate. <laughs> That's not accurate, see that. Your name is Michael Jackson. You live in Downing Street. No, it's not accurate. All right, so um, functional tests, functions, when it comes to matters of function, it, it doesn't reveal the nature of God. Does it allow God to be God? And, you know, when God is doing something, you can tell this God away. Number two is theological test. Theological test is, does it conflict the word of God? Does he agree with God's word? What this person is saying does he agree with God's word? Does he agree with scripture? Does it, does it um, agree with the character of Jesus? Sometimes it might not be scripture, but it, it, it doesn't agree with the character of Jesus. And so it's pointing into something that is not godly. 
So that might tell you that. Mm, 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 mm. But if it agrees with the character of Jesus, it it's, agrees with scripture. It doesn't point you away from God. It's, it's, that, it's not pointing you away from God onto something else. Then um, there's no alarm there. Number three, because of time, let me do this. Are you learning something? Yes. Number three is the moral test. Moral text, te, te, test. Moral. Morality. It's Sometimes people are trying to predict some things, but you can't tell this is off. Well, what this guy is talking really is off. And it calls people to other gods or things, you know, idolatry or things that it's like prophesying. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you. Um, you become very rich. It doesn't matter. You know, there's a project you're about to start. Meanwhile, you are into prostitution. You know. Project you're about to start. You're about to start a prostitution ring. Something like that, or drugs about your yeah, drugs, but you know, it's immoral, it's just immoral prophecies. It's, it's supporting and promoting immorality, it's, it can't be your God. So, anyone who comes in the name of God and speaks in the name of God, and you have, these are some of the things you have to use to check this kind of thing they are talking about because it's not foolish. When you are in need, your need can make you vulnerable. That's why the woman with the issue of blood, she has suffered many things in the hands of many physicians. Even physicians. Yeah. In the hands of many physicians. <laughs> suffered many things from many physicians. Can you imagine? Spent, spent or because she was just looking for relief. That's uh, uh, the prophecy um, this is a very interesting one. So, moral tests. Uh, when they prophesy, they end up calling people after other gods or away from God. Their lifestyles are immoral. Now, this is very common to have immoral people behind pulpits. Lifestyle immoral, it doesn't bother them. So, there are some people, you follow them, you'll be dispersed. You'll be scattered, shattered, and battered. They call for peace with no regards to moral and spiritual conditions required for peace. <laughs> Did you hear that? My, 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 my wife is troubling me. Your wife is troubling you. Your wife is not, it's not, it's not making you. Well, just have peace. Just use the prostitute. Ah, they call for peace without uh, the peace with no regard to moral or spiritual conditions required for the peace. No moral conditions, no spiritual conditions. As long as it gives you peace, go ahead. That's a false prophet. They, they fail the moral test. And then the last way to test, the last test is the spiritual test. So the first one is functional test. Second one, theological test. Number three is moral test. And number four, spiritual test. Pride, arrogance, pomposity. And some of them, in, actually, in some parts of the world, you see them arguing on radio. Arguing, cursing. You say you're a prophet. I'm a better prophet than you. You, what have you said to Come on. Come on. And arguing and insulting and using foul language on radio to attack other men of God. No, no, it's a clear sign. This is not a genuine prophet. They fail spiritual tests. The spirit of God is not working. These things are good to know. 
Never go and be attacking some people and tell them their church, our church is better and even that way. We don't compete. When we go outreach, we see other people winning souls. We, we encourage it. Yes, we are winning souls. But we say, oh, the garage guys are coming. Let's go, let's go. They will never, they won't draw members. Ah, you see. That's the problem. Most of these people are not spiritual. They are not spiritual. And let me add this one as we close. Today I taught, I taught, isn't it? Great. Sometimes to, this is how to test prophecies and judge prophesying. But how about the one who is prophesying? Sometimes you have to also judge the messenger. How do you test the messenger? You have to judge the messenger and learn how to judge the message. Test the messenger and judge quickly. How do you judge the messenger? Number one, they are accountability. Sometimes you see these people who are on social media. Check what church do they attend? Who is their pastor? Who are they accountable to? He's in your uni. He's also started his own preaching spree. By saying, I don't go to all the most of these churches. God speaks. There's no accountability. Ah, it's a problem. So, um, it's a loose canon. Loose canon. Sometimes you have to ask people, who is your father? They know what they will tell you. Jesus is my father. <laughs> then you tell them, okay, I'll go and listen to Jesus myself. I don't want to listen to you. And number two, their lifestyle. Their lifestyle sometimes, you know, if someone works with God, it's, it smells on their life. A person working with God, you can say, you can see they can't do some things. Even if they have to do it, they, they do it under a lot of discomfort. Because they, they just don't want to do it. They just want to. The guy is telling you he's a man of God. You started talking to him back and forth, or maybe marriage. Within one week, he wants you to spend night with him in his house. And it's already, some of them, they already start, when they start talking to you, like a romantic relationship, within a few hours, they're just talking about sex. They are describing, using, uh, describing the way, uh, I can't wait to, to hold your breast. Like, uh, uh, first few days. Definitely not, I, ca I can't wait for just the two of us. Will be, you know, they are, they are very sensual. Everything. This is, no, that's, that's not it. So, they, they, they are their lifestyle. Their lifestyle. Jesus gave a clear, he said, you shall know them by their fruits. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, 18, 19, and 20. He said, a tree is known by its fruits. Fruits. When they talk about fruits, it's not just um, um, like your achievements. When they talk about fruits here, it's also... You know when they say the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Check. The fruit of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. These are all attitudes, behaviors. So when we talk about you shall know them by their fruit, their behavior will point to you about something. Mm -hmm. wow. A pastor is supposed to be a man of God, is speaking to you, and he can't lift, keep his eye off your chest. <laughs> Sister, he keeps looking at your chest. <laughs> you know, you're a very nice girl. You, you, you know. Leave that church. Yeah, right. Run for your dear life. 
leave that church. Yeah. Is someone learning something? Yeah. Yeah. He said he's a praise and worship leader. But he's full of lust. Mm. She's full of lust. And disrespect. And arrogance and pride. Speak about other church members with such disdain and disrespect. And sometimes you are wondering, but I thought we were Christian. When they open their mouth, it's blasting somebody. When they open their mouth, attacking somebody, scandalizing somebody, defaming somebody. When they open their mouth, you can tell it's always com- competition. Arrogance, competition, pride, and lust for money. Say, man of God, it's money I'm, I'm looking for. Your chairman, but have you got money? And you see, they say it with, like they are joking, but they are very bold about it. Yeah. When I finish the, pray, uh, the offering, hey, bring the offering, bring the offering. Let's take it to my office. Uh, you no, know, everyone, leave me, let me count myself. Hey, Pastor, why are you counting the money yourself? So you can, you can tell. Now, we all came from somewhere. I am aware. I'm about to make a very powerful statement. I am aware that you still have some tendencies. I am aware. You are here. You are trying to do this church thing, but you are struggling big time. You are struggling. Look at me, I'm talking to you. You are struggling big time, but you actually mean to do the church thing. You mean it. You are born again, and you still like boys. Especially those with a small beard here. When you see them, <laughs> when you see them, they start going like this. Oh my God. Yeah, the goatee. But what I'm talking about is there are some of you who are in church, but your struggle is very worrying. But, <laughs> yeah, you haven't changed really. You have now, you are doing church. But you haven't changed. You are still smoking. Yeah. And then you have the audacity to say, Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I know there are people here who you are still recovering. And so, what does is as you keep hearing the word, hearing the word, it's, it's helping you, it's, it's washing you from the inside, it's, it's working on you. Unless you become very stubborn and arrogant. And you, some people, when the word is coming, they block their hearts. They, they block their hearts so the word is not having access because their hearts are blocked. They are watching you. But they are saying, yeah, you can't say whatever you say. Yeah, I'm not changing. This girl, I still go. I'm going for her. I love her. This guy, I will not let him go. Okay, tonight, it's still going to be a good night. <laughs> and I don't want us to have a church environment where your heart is not open to the word of God yeah. and you still feel comfortable. No, you won't. You won't. We will smoke you out. We will smoke you out. We don't mind being excused of your company if it means you never want God. It's not a loss. It's a gain if you leave us. Do you understand what I mean? Anyone here who is not really interested in God and you've been coming. It's not, maybe it's your second time. That's different because God will get you. But you've been here for six months. And you don't intend to change. You are not interested in anything. 
You just come because of that girl you really enjoy. That. But you don't we I'm praying you out. Pray you out. Because we are not doing marketing. It's not customer service. It's not customer care, it's pastoral care. There are two different things. Hallelujah. But everyone might have your own area where you are praying, God, really, please help me. Oh, God, don't let pastor mention it, please. Don't let pastor mention it. And you are praying, God. And they say, God, I swear. <laughs> I swear I would, I would change. I'm happy your intentions are to change. And you, you know, you accept that where I am is not right. I have to be in the right state. So you accept it's not right, and you, you don't encourage it. You condemn it. Just that your, your foot is stuck, and you are believing God. That's a different story altogether. Because where you are coming from, where you are going, your change must be drastic. You can say, oh, gradually, little by little, little by little. I used to, I used to smoke uh, um, rolls, how many? Ten. But now it's only five a day. Next week, I intend to reduce it to two. Just throw everything away now. Then in two months, if maybe that your friend tempted you and brought it to your house and you fell for it in two months with only one, you feel, oh God, oh God, I'm happy the way you're feeling bad. Then you say, I can't go. So you mark that friend. Next time when he's coming, you say, please don't come, no home. Don't come. You know. So sometimes you can stumble, you can fall again, but you don't lie down. So I know there are people here who are struggling. You look like an angel, but you are really concerned about your spiritual well-being. Because it's not good at all. You look innocent, but you are not innocent at all. You? Hey! Yay! It's a very scary thing. <laughs> yeah. What is going on inside your head? And what has been going on privately with you? Hey! It's very scary. But the good news is, I'm glad you are receiving God's word. Nobody's good enough. Nobody. Including all those with these nice heads. We are all under construction. All right, let me finish this thing that I've gone into my normal speaking. The word of God can change you. Give me somebody who is very disciplined strong in himself and can do things when they want to do. But it's not giving himself to God's word. Give me another person who might not be very even strong when it comes to this. But it's always receiving God's word. I will show you this one will change and be way ahead of this other one who is just depending on their discipline. Because you can't please God on discipline. That's right. You can please him on his word. When the word comes, it's the nourishment for your spirit. When the word of God comes, it injects and infuses God into you. I see you catching God. Let me run up by just, so I said to test the prophet, you have to test the the accountability and the lifestyle. Even Jesus rejected false prophets. All right, now you have to also check the message. The message. 
what the person is saying is the revelation factual. It's revealing something, it's bringing revelation. So test the message. Is it factual? Number two, is it biblical? What this person is saying, does he agree with scripture? Number three. Number three, is it confirmed or confirming? Sometimes you say something, God will confirm his word. You know, so he says, I have a word for you. You have to relocate to China. And you also are going, you don't take a major life decision. Oh, I have a word for you. You have to marry. Don't marry a person based on prophecy. Okay? And don't make a major life decision based on prophecy. Somebody prophesied that I should relocate to um, Zimbabwe, so I'm going. Hey! Don't make a major life decision based on prophecy. You make major life decisions based on assessments and counsel and facts. Prophecy can come to confirm it. So is that prophecy confirming or is it confirmed? What the person, it has actually been confirmed already. Number three, does the revelation come with a witness of the spirit? Sometimes you hear something, you can tell in your spirit that what this person is saying is really, it's a witness in your spirit, especially when you pray. After strong prayer, a prayer environment, you can tell this. Number, number four, the message, you have to test the message. Does it make, um, does it make no attempt to bypass our responsibility to make decisions? Now, this, does it make no attempt? Some prophecies just make an attempt to tell you. It, it, it excuses your laziness. It sidesteps your responsibility to make decisions. It's like a prophecy is making decisions for you. No. That's why God gave you brains. He said in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, be ye verse 2, be ye transformed by the renewing, not removing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind, not the removing of your mind. The fact that you are born again doesn't mean you can't think. Don't give your brains to prophet. Think for me based on prophecy. No. You don't disdain the office of a prophet. You don't dishonor. You don't disdain. You don't marginalize it. You don't rubbish it. But it, it doesn't make. It shouldn't be making decisions for you. Yeah. It's, made, it's, it's like it allows you to the responsibility you have to make by decisions. The responsibility of making decisions takes it from you. No. Don't let someone say, "Hey, I prophesy that says the Lord, this shall be your wife." It shall be. I say, "Why well, is prophesied?" Then I don't. No, 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 no. You have to also think. Does it avoid areas which are excessively personal? The, 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 the prophecy, certain prophecies must avoid some areas that are excessively personal. Why are you prophesying on how many times somebody and their wife should come together? Some areas are excessively personal. Don't turn it into prophecy and prophesying how, how many times somebody should cook for her husband or somebody... She'll buy shoes for the wife. Are you getting one? Excessively personal. It, it's really not a right thing. It's getting too personal. Prophesying what you should, how you should live your life. Uh, you see, ask, ask your pastor. I can listen to you and I can advise you. I think you should do that computing course. That's based on a counsel advice. And there might be times I might see you, maybe, professor, I see you behind computers. And I say, I think. God is going to use your computers. Doesn't mean you should stop the medicine you are reading. Because you might stop it and realize you can't do it. 
But if it is a, pro- a genuine prophecy from God, I can't tell you, stop the course now. Stop the medicine now. Stop it. Because I've seen you doing complete. It's not right to do that. So what I have to do is to, that's why I saw. But just let's pray and keep doing what you are doing. By the time you realize you finish your medicine, but they are now beginning to be very computer savvy. savvy. You understand it is. And it ends up confirming, or it will, be, it will confirm what was seen. I, I, oh, I professor, you marry a pastor. And so now, when you see anybody who is a pastor, ah, maybe that's my. No, 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 no. You might end up marrying a simple brother, not an unbeliever, a simple brother or a simple sister. But in the future, it's a kid, maybe 10 years later, the person will become a pastor. And then, this is very important. I think let me add this, uh, last two, let me add these last two. This is simple. Is, it, is that revelation they are giving, is it consistent with God's counsel for our lives? No, God's word. So virtually the same thing I've said. Consistent. But this last one, let me add this one. Does it claim too high a level of inspiration or authority? I'll explain it. The person is prophesying and he's claiming too high a level of authority. As, as for me, when I speak, God has spoken. When I speak, it's always come to pass. Wow. It's a sign that the message is false. Wow. Wow. You can claim a high level of inspiration mm. and a high level of authority based on what you have said. Mm. Are you the Bible? Wow. Wow. You must know this place. Because the truth is now that you are doing church, somebody will come to you. Sometimes a family member attends this other strange church where they mess up over there. Sometimes, there, some of you have been to church and then this lady will come. Usually it starts with ladies. And they can say, the Lord told me, I, said, I want to pray for you. Can I pray? And then they lay hands on you. And they want to pray. Hey, the Lord told me. Most of them don't have any proper family life. <laughs> uh, you will grow to understand that statement later. But some of you have been exposed to all kinds of they see those super spiritual. Super spiritual. And when they see you, they want to lay hands. They want to say, I have a word for you. They will call you and have a word for you. Check their record, their, their trail. What have they been doing? What is their impact of their credible works? Souls. Souls they have grown. And most of them are not scriptural. But sometimes they have lived life. Life has been so harsh on them, especially family life. So when they get to born again, they say, I'm going to Bible school. I'm a deliverance minister. And then they add, I'm a prophetess. I'm a prophet. As to those who call themselves prophetess, I just didn't know why you are calling yourself a prophetess. I, I, sometimes I'm wondering, but why are you introducing yourself to me as a prophetess? Why? Why are you calling yourself a prophetess? So... I'm saying these things because some of you, it gets to a time, and some of you are here, you have that seed. Now, when you start coming to church, now you want to show you who spiritual you are. So you think spirituality is about, I see this, I prophesied it. No, that's not a measure of spirituality. The measure of spirituality is how much the word of God is having hold of you. How much the word of God. So sometimes you want to do something, but the word of God is so bringing you in check. How much you are subject to God's word, not your feelings. The word of God. That is the test of your spirituality. So don't, don't let that. Your spirituality is not. You are sweating. It doesn't mean squat. It doesn't mean squat. You finish it. There are people who fornicate. They finish it and go and fornicate. 
I'm not saying everybody who does that doesn't mean, but I'm saying don't judge that as spirituality. We are praying, let's pray. You are screaming, you are shaking, you are foaming. It doesn't mean you are spiritual. Okay? Please, no, no. Let's go on. What shows that you are spiritual is that the word of God has come, and sometimes you have been rebuked from scripture. Somebody came to me after church, we were having a chat. He said, Pastor, sometimes when you are preaching, sometimes the word cuts me, and what is even scary is you come and stand in front of me. And, oh, no. But I love it. It's working on me. How much of the word? You don't talk to somebody. After such powerful preaching, you still don't talk to the person. And he said, My, me, God speaks to me. Ah! Did you understand what I'm saying? You are gossiping about somebody. You are not spiritual. You are biting somebody. You are not spiritual. Yeah, I know you don't fornicate. But you, the, the level of gossip spirit that is on you is very worrying. You've gossiped about everything. You can't wait for us to close church and go and talk about somebody's hair. You can't wait to pick your phone and call, uh, they mention your name again. What, what, you are not spiritual. So let the word of God hold you and hold you in check. You want to re, re, uh, uh, retaliate. You want to hit back at somebody. But you remember God's word. You didn't want to forgive by the word of God. You wanted to tear her back off and challenge her by the word of God. Said it's church. Said, no, let's, it's a, she's a brother. She's a sister. She's a sister. He's a brother. No problem. Doesn't matter what he said. Don't worry. Let's make friends. Let's go. The word of God. That's a, a measure of your spirituality. And not. I see. I see. Seven. Seven. Hurricanes coming. Hey. So we in the charismatic churches have credited what is not spirituality as spirituality. So most of you, when you are being carnal, you think you are being spiritual. The word of God is not having you. You don't talk to somebody. In your house, you are like a terrorist. People around you, don't talk, you don't talk to them. It's easy for people who are not in church to even forgive that other person than you. In your school, you are in your uni, you are a problem. Yeah, because you don't get on with anybody. You're always cantankerous, quarrelsome, litigious. Problems. You are, don't talk to this one. You are fighting this one. You are doing this, that. You don't like it. You were in the ashes. You left. You were in the choir. You left. Now you are going to join sound. You are about to leave. And then you go and join a host team. And then you will leave. And you can't settle anywhere because of your character. Wow. Wow. Character. Yeah. And yet, they are thinking, me, I'm very spiritual. I put it to you. You are carnal. You are not spiritual. In spite of the revelations you claim you have. We are not interested in revelation. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.